I want to talk about this morning nothing without love. Um, we were speaking to our ushers yesterday about serving, about the ability to serve God um, and to do the best they can while serving Him. And oftentimes, while serving, there comes difficulties. If you've ever been in ministry, you'll find out that ministry can be difficult at times. We can find ourselves, amen, struggling to figure out why our church is not growing, why the ministry that God has given me, why is it not going anywhere? Why are things not looking better than it should? And I started to research this passage, and it's amazing, but I want to say this. There are a lot of people who want to accomplish a lot of things, but they don't have love in their hearts. Ministry is about people. If you're going to do ministry, it requires, number one, a spiritual gift. Number two, it requires people. Amen. And number three, it requires love. It's the main ingredient that holds everything together. Now, when I start speaking about love, I'm talking about agape love. Now, all of you theologians and Greek students already know all the three different levels of love. I ain't got to tell you that. Agape love is the love that Jesus had when he went to Calvary's cross. As a matter of fact, if I really think about it, I wouldn't go on the cross for no other reason. Do I have anybody? Some of us wouldn't sacrifice for our kids if they were not kids. As a matter of fact, the reason we sacrifice for them in spite of their bad attitudes and amen and disrespect, sometimes, amen, we, we, we do it because we love them. There's a husband and wife here. We're putting up with each other because we love each other. If we didn't love each other, we'd be gone already. Do I have anybody? If we, did, if we were not in love, it would be a different ball game. That's a different kind of love. Amen. But, but associated with that love, phileo love, is agape love. And I started to ask myself a question, and I started to look at what I was doing with my life and why I'm doing it. Why is it that I keep going in spite of, amen, disappointment? Why is it that I keep doing the work of God in spite of little results? And I found out today, I found out, and I hope that you'll find out today that it is because of love. Because without love, saints, we have nothing. I, I know some gifted men and women of God who can do great things, but they lack the one ingredient that makes ministry enjoyable, and that's love. I believe, ushers, and it's your day that I'm talking to you, that the only way you can do this is if you do it with love. The church at Corinth, amen, had lost its focus. 
And they were people who had became complacent. They were serving to be seen rather than to benefit the one being served. Amen. What happens when a church is full of people who don't love? What happens to a people, amen, who just come on Sunday, but they will not commit to anything, amen? They want to do things on their own. They want to do it by themselves. It's because they have an absence of love. You'll discover in our passage today that we can be serving, amen, without love. But I want to say this. There's nothing that you can do in your life and accomplish it well if you don't have love. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, nothing without love. Paul writes to this Corinthian church, and it's intriguing to me because in chapter 11, Paul talks to them and deals with there was some division in the church. For some reason, division had crept in. In, in uh, 1 Corinthians eleven eighteen. he says, For in the first place, when you came together as a church, I heard that divisions exist among you. And in part, I believe it. See, we're not a perfect church. And if you're looking for a perfect church, this is not it. You may want to go look somewhere else. Because even in the Bible, (laughs) amen. Now, it doesn't excuse us to be dysfunctional, but what I'm trying to say is there was trouble in this church. Not only that, but but in in chapter 12, what they started to do in chapter 11, they started to abuse the Lord's Supper. They, were, they, were, they would wait till they got to church, amen, to get drunk because they were serving real wine. You see what I'm saying? You know, a winer will always find a way to get drunk. Do I have anybody? <laughs> and what was happening in the church, they were using the Lord's Supper, amen. They were making it a mockery, just kind of like what we talked about today, about order in the church. They were disorderly. <laughs> And wherever there's disorder, you better look out for the devil. Do I have anybody? And so he, in chapter 11, he said, what's wrong with y'all? Why are you abusing the Lord's Supper? But then we get in chapter 12, and we find that he begins to tell them that in chapter 12, verse 4, he says, now there are a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. So what he was saying is that, hey, y'all, there's more than one gift. Because everybody thought that speaking in tongues was the gift to have. Do I have anybody? They, they got so wrapped up in the mystical that they missed the master. Do I have anybody? And they messed up the ministry. So everybody thought that, hey, you know what? I have this gift of speaking in tongues. So guess what? I'm more spiritual than you. So, so Paul writes, and he tells them in verse 7, he said, But to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. And so what he was saying is that your gift that God has given you, let me, let me say this. All of you as believers have a gift or gifts. But the gifts was not given to you so that you can use it just for your gain. 
So if you are not actively involved in church, you know what you're doing? <laughs> Amen. You are saying to God, God, I really don't care. Guess what? You've given me this gift, and guess what? I'm going to do whatever I want to do. First of all, you didn't do anything to deserve it. It's a gift. So if God has given you the gift of evangelist, if he's given you the gift of giving, if he's given you the gift of faith, if he's given you wisdom, if he's given you knowledge, if all these gifts, the gifts of helps, the gifts of administration, the gift of preaching and teaching, and you're not using that gift, shame on you. Because you are supposed to be using the gift, watch this, in church. Because God gave it to you for the building up of the body of Christ. Do I have anybody? Now, I want to show you something. Look at verse 21 of chapter 12. He says, the eye cannot say, come on somebody, to the who? To the hand. I have no need. So, here's the thing. I say shame on you, but here's the thing. We need you. Here's the reason why we need you, because here's the thing. When God placed you in the body of Christ, he knew what you were supposed to do. So what he did was he said, okay, I know in his natural mind, he's not going to do it. Come on, somebody. You know, you know in, my na- listen, in my natural mind, if, if I was in natural, I wouldn't be preaching on Sunday. I'd be asleep on Sunday. You understand what I'm saying? I would be at home on Sunday. But God gave me the gift. And when he gave us the gift, he says, I want you to use that gift. Where? In the church. Watch what he says. He says, watch this. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have what? No need of you. Or again, the, the head to the feet, I have what? No need of you. Verse 27, he says, you are part of this body. God expects us to what? To serve and not sit. What does verse 27 say? Read verse 27. Huh? Now you are Christ's body and individual members of it. And God has appointed, watch this, in the church, what? First apostles, second prophets, Third, teachings, then miracles, gifts of healing, helps, administration, various gifts of tongues. All are not apostles. See, now this is where they started having a problem. They thought everybody was apostle. They thought everybody was a prophet. But God had given the gift to certain people so that the church itself can go forward. And I'm talking to my ushers today. That, listen, if God has given you the gift, and here's what gift that you have. You have the gifts of helps. That's the gift that God has given you. The gift of exhortation, watch this, along with the gifts of helps, is where you escort people and encourage them and greet them when they come into the house of God. Now, watch this. Everybody else, we all got different gifts. So this church is filled with people Listen, you may be saying, I don't know what to do. You don't have to know what to do. What you have to discover is what is your gift, not your talent. You can play basketball. That's not what we need. We need some people. Hello, somebody. Who can serve God with their gifts. Now, watch this. Just because you have a gift 
doesn't mean you got to do it by yourself. The ministry is not your ministry. But watch this. This is what had happened. They had become so gifted that they thought they were untouchable. This is what's going on in the Corinthian church. They thought that their gifts superseded everything, so therefore they neglected the fact that Satan came through the back back door. And the church started to become carnal. And so what we had now was carnal Christians. See, the lesson the Corinthians had to learn was, watch this, the church was a whole body. And not only that, that no member of it can exist, watch this, or exercise or function by themselves. Each person depends on another person. Each ministry depends on another ministry so that the body of Christ can begin to work together. But here's what they were doing. They were walking around bragging, this is my ministry, and I don't want nobody else in it. And they were walking around because they were gifted, watch this, but they had no love. Saints, let me tell you something. You can be gifted. You can have all this stuff going for you. But if you don't have the main ingredient, some of us don't even know how to love. Some of us been hurt so bad, we refuse to love. Some of us, listen, that stuff you're doing, that's lust. That ain't love. Because it can almost look the same. That's how people fall in ministry because they misunderstand what agape love is. And when you're serving God and when you're serving imperfect people, you got to know how to love. Because watch this. People will let you down, but you can't take it personal if you love. When your child disappoints you, right? Oh, I wish I had somebody. Those of you who got children will understand what I'm talking about. Watch this. They may disappoint you, but you still love them. But it's amazing how in the body of Christ, how some people, amen, they may disappoint you, but we write them off. What Paul was saying is, y'all got to check yourselves because guess what? You are gifted, but you have no love. And so what, do we, what can we learn from this? There's a couple things. I'm going to be here for two weeks. Watch this. Watch what he says. Watch what he says in verse chapter 1. And so my aim today is to encourage you to, watch this, to keep serving God with the gift that he's given you. Watch this. And let you know that you cannot serve God effectively. Some of us, maybe that's the reason why you hadn't been active lately. Maybe you just love God getting you out of your stuff. Amen. And not love the God who's always been there with you. You follow what I'm saying? You only love him for what he can do for you. Do I have anybody? Amen. We, we love God because things are good. But can you love him when things get tough? Can you serve them in spite of how you feel about other people? What well, them, they, 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 these people. Listen, you're serving with people. 
And if you have the gift and you are a leader, then guess what? You got to rise above that. And you got to love them in spite of their flaws. Can I ask you something? Can you, do you ha- even have the capacity to love someone else other than your family member? Can you love them the way they are? Listen, we got a church full of people. And guess what? I understand this, that we are not perfect. And as the pastor, I want to tell you something. Sometimes it's mind-blowing to me sometimes. I start saying to myself, what happened? What did we do? (laughs) You understand? But here's the thing. In spite of, I can't write you off because I love you. I wish I had somebody. And you know what I found out about people? They don't know how to receive love. So they become suspicious. Amen. Like, hold on. What is he trying to do? Is he trying, what is he trying to do now? Hold on. Is he funny or something? What's, what's going on with him? He, you know, no, 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 no. Ain't no funny business here. See, I love you. So therefore, I'm not going to give up on you. And no matter how far you fall, I'm going to still be standing here for you. I'm going to still be proud. I'm not going to go talk about you. I'm not going to lie on you, but I'm going to stand with you and say, because I love you, I understand what you're going through. See, what had happened in this church, they had become real full of themselves. Now, I'll define love next week, but I want to show you something. I want to show you spiritual gifts without love. Watch the text. The text says, Verse 13, uh, chapter 13, verse 1, it says, If I speak with the tongues of men, now that word, that, that has the idea of being gifted in language. All right? Being, being a well, you know, you're well read and you're well, you can speak very well. You didn't need to read, you know, you, didn't, you don't need no extra training. God gives the preacher a unique gift, all right, to preach and to speak. It's unique. And some of you have been using that gift, some of you, you know, before you became a preacher. <laughs> Amen. You, you used to speak. You, listen, you were smooth like butter. <laughs> listen, you can sell, listen, you can sell some old shoes, make sure, make it look new. Amen. You would, you would, you, you had that, you had the gift, you just didn't know it. But when you got, you had the talent, but when you got saved, you got the gift. God called you to proclaim. So he says, watch what he says. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels. Now, the speaking of angels there has to do with speaking in tongues. In other words, speaking another language that you did not learn. All right? But he says here, the Corinthians had had, watch this, especially esteem and abused the gift of tongues. Well, let's, re- let's fast forward it to 2017. What do you see happening today? Folk abusing this gift of speaking in tongues, they think that just because I speak in tongues, I'm saved. That's a lie. 
because that's not biblical. Amen. We are saved by faith alone in Christ alone. But they were somehow spiritualizing. You know why these, some of these churches are so filled? Because they're trying to spiritualize the mystical. And what they were trying to tell them, baby, you got to speak in tongues in order for you to be spiritual. So everybody starts, you understand what I'm saying? They all start doing it, and the whole church went into pandemonium. And guess what? They were spiritualizing it, psychologizing it, and abusing the gift. But watch this. Can you imagine a church full of folk? That speaking in tongues, and when they go outside in the parking lot, they can't stand each other. That's the Corinthian church. He says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, he says, I become what? A noisy gong and a clinging bing. Watch this. Some people, I've seen them preach before. I see them laboring, preaching. I've watched them laboring, preaching, and nothing, no results. You know why they have no results? Because they're not preaching with love. The Bible says the goal of our instruction is love from a pure heart, a sincere faith, and a clear conscience. And so, therefore, they were preaching, right? They were speaking eloquently and everybody was speaking in tongues, but nobody was being changed because it was not accompanied with love. So my first point is this. My first point is this. Amen. The gift of proclamation is worthless without love. If you're going to speak for God, you got to make sure you got some love somewhere inside of you. Amen. A person can possess the gift and ability to speak and share Christ in all the languages of the world. But if he does not have love, he becomes a clinging symbol. His speech is meaningless. And I've watched churches, and I've watched preachers, and I've watched people, watch this, who had the gift of proclamation, but they had no love. Saints, I want to tell you something. If you got the gift and you don't have, listen, stop worrying about, see, we spend so, t- so much time, I'm going to get to that, in school, right, trying to develop, but we didn't go to the school of love. Why can't we love? Because we've been hurt. And watch this. Jesus died for that hurt. And a lot of people want to be intelligent, but they don't want to love. So the gift of proclamation is worthless if you don't have love. If you're going to speak to somebody, if you're going to encourage somebody, Amen. Make sure that a come, listen, if you're going to come back and say something about what somebody else say, or if you're going to be concerned about what others are doing, and if you're going to talk about it, make sure you are concerned, not because you want to want to have the juicy news in the church, you understand what I'm saying? But make sure that you're doing it out of love. Why do I want to find out what's going on with my brother or sister? Is it because you want to know their business, or do you want to know it out of love? Because love covers a multitude of sin. 
Not only does love cover a multitude of sin, but God is love. And wherever God is, there is love. He says, the person who does not have love, who can speak with, with tongues of men and, and, and angels, he says he becomes a noisy gong. This person is talking and all he's doing is making noise. I've seen preachers like that. I've seen people on programs like that. Amen. I've watched people before. I've watched people stand and proclaim with no love in their hearts. But I've watched people who've had love in their hearts. Couldn't spell one word. Come on, somebody. Couldn't read nothing. But watch this. When they got up there, they had so much love for God and love for the people that they proclaimed to that lives were transformed. Are you with me? Watch the text. Let's go on to the next verse. The next verse says, verse 2, it says, And if I have the gift, notice that he's pointing out what? Gifts. He says, and if I have the gift of what? Prophecy. Now, the gift of prophecy is speaking under the inspiration of God's Spirit. It includes prediction, watch this, and proclamation. Kind of like what I'm doing right now. The preacher or the predictor carries much prestige. And here's the problem that was happening in this church they thought that because they, they were speaking prophetically, watch this, that people were flocking around them. They had the wrong motives. He says, if I speak with what? If I have the gift of prophecy, and watch this, and, and watch this, and watch this, the word, so, so the next thing is, the second thing is, not only the gift of proclamation is worthless without love, but number two, the gift of prophecy it's worthless without love. Listen, a person may have the gift of speaking under the inspiration of God's Spirit, both predicting the future and proclaiming the truth of God's Word. He may possess the charisma, the stature, and the eloquence, watch this, of descriptive languages of the world. But if he doesn't have love, he's nothing. I thought about this as I was preparing this message. What do we need in order to do ministry? We don't need money. Money is necessary, but it's not the main thing. No, we need the gifts. We need some more preachers in our church. Are you with me? We need some more teachers. We need some more proclaimers. But notice the gift that Paul points out, the gift of prophecy, something Amen. That has to be given by God. But if you have this gift and you do not have love, it's nothing. Look what he goes on to say. He says, and if I know all mysteries. Now, I read through some commentaries and I was very disappointed as to how some commentaries will overlook these things to make a point. But watch the text. The text says, if I know all mysteries, and what? And all what? Knowledge. So the next gift that he says, 
the gift of what? The gift of prophecy. But the next one is the gift of knowledge is worthless without love. Listen to this. All that God has ever revealed and all that man has ever learned or discovered and developed, just imagine this, knowledge. Listen, a person can possess all the knowledge in the world, and yet if he does not have love, he would be nothing. See, there is, you can go to school, you can get all the degrees and papers and put it on your wall. But if you lack love, it profits you nothing. And if you read through this passage, he's talking about a person coming to nothing because they don't have love. May I say this to you today? Without love, we have nothing. If I don't love you, and if I don't appreciate you, Amen. I have nothing. Watch this. The danger is when you get all this knowledge, watch this. I've seen people do this. They look down on other people. See, this is what was going on in the Corinthian church. They were looking down on each other like, oh, man, I'm smarter than you. Oh, I got more knowledge than you. Oh, I have the gift of knowledge. I have the gift of prophecy. I have the gift of proclamation. But guess what? I did not have love. And I've watched people start ministry, serve in ministry, but don't end well in ministry because they lack love. Are you with me? And so you can say, I have all these gifts. But if you don't have love, it's the key ingredient. Look what he goes on to say next. Amen. He says, and if I have what? The faith to move what? To move mountains. So, so now we move from the people who are gifted to another gift. See, this is why some, they said there's only three gifts in here. I don't believe that. Here's the next gift. Give it to me. The gift of faith because that's one of the gifts. See, you have faith because God has given you the gift. But here's the thing. You can have all this faith to move mountains, build buildings, fill buildings. But if you don't have love, he says you can move mountains with your faith. See, I used to think that it was just having the gifts, knowing the Bible. Let me tell you the truth. Knowing the Bible, living right. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Having the gift. And then being faithful. But guess what? I can have all of that. But if I don't have love, hey, who does it profit? No one. Because your presentation proves that you have no love. Oh, write that down somewhere. Your presentation proves you have no love. Look what he says. He says, listen, the danger is in this faith right here, having the gift of faith, the danger is spiritual, watch this, superiority. Watch this, an overblown sense of importance is what I'm talking about. A puffed up view of oneself. A person with the gift of faith can easily hurt other people. 
Come on, man. You got to be like me. Come on, man. You saw what I did. <laughs> you saw what I did for the Lord. You can do the same thing. No, 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 no. You got to meet people where they are if you're going to serve. And you got to say, brother, I understand you just came through some things. But guess what? I'm going to love you to be patient with you because that's another fruit of the Spirit. And when I'm, when I'm patient with you, listen, how many of you, <laughs> see, we will be patient with our children because we love them. But we won't be patient with the ministry that God has called us to. Got to use the same kind of love. That parental love is the same kind of love you got to have for the people of God and for the ministry that God has called you to. Is that deep? Watch this. Watch what he said. Watch this. He says, if I have the faith to move mountains. Let me say this to you. The essential gifts. Imagine this. Imagine having all the faith, but yet you have no love. Now, you know what this looks like? You show up at church and you look the part. But when you get in your car, you're miserable. When you get home, your kids don't see what they saw at church. They see something different. Listen, people who can't love can't embrace others. People who can't love, amen, watch this, they, they have a hard time seeing other people succeed. And what we are supposed to be, saints, we're supposed to love. And I wish I had learned that early on in my life. I wish my view of love was not tainted by the world. But when I met Jesus, oh, come on, somebody. When I met Jesus, I realized that he was my example of what it means to love a sinner, to love a person in spite of them stabbing you in the back. Listen, some of the people we wrote off, we should have never written them off. I wish I had somebody. Some of the people that have hurt you will hurt themselves. And hurt people hurt people. Paul says, listen, you can have all this faith. You can move mountains. You can build buildings. You can gather up a group of people and get them motivated and all this stuff. This is how the church starts turning secular. Because Satan has us focus on, watch this, on statistics. Watch this. He, had us, he has us focus on the wrong things rather than wondering, does the person, when was the last time you heard the words, I love you? Amen. See, Paul is painting a picture here for us. They had all this faith, but they didn't have love. Can you imagine what that looks like? I've seen it. Come on, let's go. Hurry up. Y'all, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't serve in a church with a bad attitude. 
And if you possess a bad attitude, it means that you have no love in your heart. And watch this. And don't take it personal. If the shoe fits, strap up them, them, them laces and say, it's mine. <laughs> Amen. Why? Because God is trying to deliver us. The truth be told, all of us are struggling with love because we've been hurt. Watch this. When you abide, and he says in the, te- in the text, when you abide faith, hope, and love, those are what I call the essential gifts of the Christian life. Faith, hope, and love. Watch this. The gift of faith is the gift that appropriates the Spirit. The gift of hope enables believers to anticipate, watch this, the full redemption the Spirit of God is trying to accomplish. And the Spirit of love enables Christians to demonstrate, watch this, the presence of the Spirit. So if you have the Holy Spirit in you, it means that you can what? Love. Watch this. Now he moves from the gifts, right? Well, I got one more gift. Look what he says. He says, and if I give, see, because a lot of people say, well, I'm not gifted. Okay, all right, I get that. You know what I mean? You're like, well, I don't know what my gift is, Pastor. You know, you know. But then he moves into the folk who want to look good. Watch this. He says, and if I give all my what? <laughs> You know what gift that is? Not only is it the gift of faith is worthless without love, but the gift of helps. That's what he's talking about. How many of you have helped some people along the way? Why did you help them? Hmm. Watch this. Why did you help them? If you help them because of love, it will benefit them and not you. That's what it's for. It's no, watch this, watch this. There's no strings attached. He says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, listen, we cannot do ministry alone. We need other people. But Paul is saying to these, this Corinthian church, listen, some of you are giving away all your stuff and you didn't benefit nothing out of it. I asked myself a question, why did I bless that person? Was it to look good? Was it to make myself look like, oh yeah, well I got it together? No, but did I really care about them? See, and listen, the gift of helps without love is worthless. Can you imagine having all these gifts? And it's worthless. Can you imagine having a billion dollars in the bank and you're st- and it's and watch this? It has no benefit to you. You say you don't know about me. A million dollars, I do good. A billion dollars, I do better. You wouldn't do better because it will be all about you. Why do you think God has you where He has you? 
because he understands if I give you a billion dollars, you're going to only think about yourself. Saints, my appeal to you today is that we need to reevaluate ourselves and ask ourselves today. You say, I want you to ask yourself a question. Do I have love? Or am I just looking out for me? He says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and look what he says next. He says, if I surrender my body to be burned, you know what he's talking about becoming? A martyr. You know what a martyr is? One who dies for their faith. How many of those Muslim men, you know why they're doing that? They're not doing that because they love Allah. Because they're going to get 165 virgins on the other side. <laughs> they're thinking about sex. Isn't that self-seeking? <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, you run into a building, boom, and there you are. So you think, I haven't seen one come back to say, man, it was good. <laughs> they ain't doing that because of love. They love Allah. <laughs> he, says, he says, think about this. You will burn yourself, kill yourself. To make yourself look good. Some people do that. Look at me. I'm sacrificing for my ministry. You're not doing it because of love. That's the point today. I really only had one point. Do it with love. That's it. So that last point... Is not a gift, but sacrifice without love is worthless. You know, in the end, everything we do in ministry with our spiritual gift and in service, if it's not done with love, it profits us nothing. You know, when Jesus said, Many in that day will say to me, did we not cast out demons? Did we not perform miracles in your name? Did we not do this for you? Did we not do that for you? And guess what he's going to say? He says, depart from me. I never knew you. Can you imagine being in church all your life or at the end of your life? I think, church vision, we got to go back to the basics. We got to start loving each other. And I mean, really loving each other. A man and his friend was on a golf course, and he was getting ready to hit the ball, and a funeral procession was coming by, and he took his hat off, he knelt down on his knees, and he bowed his head to pray. And his friend said, wow, man, that was thoughtful of you. I was touching. I've never seen that before. I can't believe how great it was for you to stop your swing because the funeral procession was passing by. What thoughtfulness. The man replied, yeah, well, we were married for 35 years. 
I figured the least I could do is offer a prayer. That's what we do. We give God a nod. And we tell God, I love you. But we don't never show it. And in the end, we're really nothing without love.